0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic I get to introduce you to a man I know you will end up following and reading all of his books. He just has that magic factor, and I feel so honored to share his magic with you on the show. His name is Dimitri Moriadis. I discovered him when I read his book called Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. You know how I love Dominic Zenden, my dear friend from the UK, who reads your auras from a photograph. Well, I found Dimitri's partner, Barbara, and listened to her story about how she can see auras like Dominic. And again, I went down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Dimitri and Barbara even have a spiritual arts institute only 15 minutes from my house which for all of my friends who live in San Diego, let's meet there one day and learn from Dimitri and Barbara in person. I know these days that seems kind of rare, but I think that will be my new place to study from. I'm excited. But before I introduce Dimitri to you, I want to remind you to sign up your teenager for my Raising Confidence course and sign yourself up for the magic path. My two signature courses that will transform the way you see your life. I promise. All of the links to those are always in my show notes, and you can also find everything on my website, ashleygonner.com. Or if you want to talk to me and see if any of my courses are suitable for you and your family, just email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com and we can set up a call. I have a family right now I am working with from Atlanta. Both are parents. They're both doing the magic path and both of the kids are doing raising confidence. The kids are both similar to the ages of mine. We are going into week two of goal setting and vision boards, and I can already see a shift in their family's energy after they just learned week one was morning routine and mindset. But after just that one week and we're now heading into two, I already see a shift. It's so fun. And I would I I love it so much. So if you're into it at all, just email me and we can talk about it. If you are like me and you have two kids, you know, ready to leave the nest, my page is ready to leave in two years, Presley in five, you must take these courses with your kids. Or do something that you can get on this page with them that you see they can learn all these tools. So you are certain your kids will leave with you with the values and tools that will set their life on a trajectory for success in every area of their lives. I'm so passionate about that. You can always check out my testimonials on my website or my YouTube channel. You can always watch the interviews live as well or on a video if you don't like listening on the podcast. So let me tell you a little bit about Dimitri Moriatis, his background before I bring him on. He is the co-founder and co-spiritual director of Spiritual Arts Institute. Dimitri has been instrumental in bringing Spiritual Arts Institute to the place it is today as a premier metaphysical school with Barbara. He is co author of the international bestseller, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life Communing with the Divine, Karma and Reincarnation, The Healing Power of Your Aura, and their newest book, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. He is an eloquent speaker on a wide variety of spiritual topics, has lectured across the country, appeared on numerous radio shows, and leads the workshops and training classes offered at the Institute with Barbara. Originally trained in motion pictures and television, Dimitri was pursuing a promising career in directing and producing, having received an Academy Award nomination for his film short Don't let it bother you. When he was 25, Dimitri had a profound spiritual awakening that changed his life. About a year later, he met Barbara at a dinner party and knew that night, Barbara was the spiritual teacher he had to study with. Barbara trained Dimitri into metaphysics, as well as getting him involved in her spiritual mission. Following the Mystery School lineage tradition, Barbara saw in him the person who was meant to help her Bring the Kingdom of Light teachings to the world and lead the spiritual mission beyond her tenure. Dimitri realized this was his spiritual purpose and redirected his life's work to pursue the path of metaphysics. Years later, Barbara and Dimitri broke new ground with the publication of Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, first in a series of Mystical Writings. This led to their profound, their founding Spiritual Arts Institute and Dimitri becoming a spiritual teacher. So, without further ado, please welcome Dimitri to the show. Welcome, Dimitri.
1: Well, thank you for having me on your show. It's a delight.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, This is a dream, actually. You know, in, a, in a, having a podcast and you have those dream guests and you're like, oh my gosh, he is one of those. And I am so grateful that. You are here, and that we've come to this place, and knowing that you're my neighbor, and yeah. just am grateful. So, thank you for being my dream guest, and that you've allowed me to, you know, you, you say the teacher will appear when the student is ready.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: That is you and Barbara to me. Yeah. Oh, so, right. it's been a really fun journey learning about you. And what sparked me, and I want to get to your the way you started this journey is the auras? I met somebody, his name's Dominic Zenden from the UK, Mm -hmm. and I've had him on twice on the podcast. And he reads auras just like Barbara did when she was four. So he had that same experience. So it was fascinating for me to kind of compare her story with his, and it's so similar.
1: Right. And it's
0: very, you know, you think it's the rare something so rare and then once you, you know, your reticular activating system starts to like find all these <laughs> other people that are that read auras and it's been a really fun learning experience for me. So thank you.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, her story is fascinating.
0: Yes, uh, go there. Tell yeah, tell everybody uh, yeah. cuz that's a really great way to start and people understand how you both connected.
1: Right, right. So, of course, we write all these books and the latest one is Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. And now we have the center with all these classes and workshops. But it started, um, Barbara grew up during the Depression era in the United States. Her father was a Greek Orthodox priest and he was also a builder of churches. So the diocese would send him a certain area, literally get the congregation together, build up the church. Then they'd send him somewhere else. So this is a family of six kids, and they were moving all over the country, living on a pre salary, like $80 a month for all those kids. You know? Oh, my gosh. And Barbara's like five of the fifth one of six. So, if, like she said, as, as early as three years old, I started to, I didn't even know what that was, but I started to see all these energies and colors around people. First, it was my mother. Then I started seeing around other people, and then other things who's having angelic visitations and literal experiences of going to the other side. She said, I knew I wasn't dying. I wasn't uh, dreaming. These were real things that were happening, but she couldn't put it all together as far as what it all meant. Like with the aura, she would say, oh, I'd be attracted to somebody who had pretty colors and detracted to those that had not so great colors. And so it wasn't always a blessing seeing this because let's say if your parents were arguing, you would See the discordant energy between them, you know. Right. But at 11, when they're doing all this leapfrogging, they were in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and he was building a church there. She got involved in theater of all things, and she was acting at 11 years old, you know, with a theater stock company. And the woman that ran it, Dorothy Lamas, one time said, come in privately. I'm going to talk to you Saturday. And she thought, oh, they're dropping. She's dropped me from the troop. <laughs> <laughs> and then she started talking about completely different things. You know, how you see things. I says, what do you mean? I see things normal. She said, no, how do you see things? And then little Barbara, knows, oh, she's talking about that. And they said, you can see the aura, can't you? And Barbara's jaw drops. I don't even know the name. Is that what it's called? Right. Well, I can see the aura too. My I'm a hermetic scientist. My mother and grandmother are all hermetic scientists. And I'd like to share with you a little bit about your gift to help you understand it better. So they would come in on, she would come in on Saturday privately. And she's had these handwritten hermetic science books. Unfortunately, you can't get them on Amazon, you know, and started to learn about the aura, what the colors meant and about the spiritual worlds. And she said, just a whole world opened up to me. It was a very exciting time for me. Now I could interpret and understand what was going on. Oh, the lemon yellow around your head. What does that actually mean? What does that say about you, you know, and or the emerald green around your, your heart area? Then she moved to L.A. because her father's building two churches, one in Bakersfield, the other in Pasadena. And that was during the golden age of Hollywood. So some of her brother, two of her brothers were really talented, actually three of them were all talented and They were starting to pursue so She was getting involved in the showbiz world, and she thought that was going to be my world, you know, and she was actually getting very successful at it and thought that was going to be her career. She was actually producing variety shows at 19 years old and things of that nature. And she said, I was trying to be a normal person, not with all these gifts, because they kept increasing, but it kept coming back. And she had this lucrative offer, but the inspiration came in. No, this is not your path. You're meant to be a metaphysical teacher. So she took a very different turn. Eventually met another woman, a very high mystic, that started to prepare her to be able to teach. She said, you're going to go on the lecture platform. You're going to... And at the time, no one ever was interested in these things. Was, Who wants this? But that's exactly what happened. Wow. So it began a very... She said in those days, all I had to do was say the word or that She didn't need to do any marketing. You know, People just ran to hear about it. Huh. It was very an open field. So she's truly one of the pioneers in the whole arena. And LA at that time was quite a you know, a mecca for those kinds of things. Right. It still is, although even San Diego now I think is even more almost. Now I, interesting enough, went to LA too, to be in film and television. And I went to NYU to study that. And it was directing and writing and things of that nature. And it was actually going well, but I was, I was not brought up you know, it was interesting, I was brought up Greek too, but not metaphysical or spirit or sort of religious. We, we, you know, went to Easter, things like that. I was baptized, but not not like going to church every Sunday. So I wasn't averse to things spiritual, but I also wasn't really exposed to it. It was much more artistic. I was playing piano, classical piano, those kinds of things. But I was having, as I was coming to LA, I was having these, I call them my inspiration moments, mm-hmm. where I was kind of in a different place but it was a very beautiful place it was very insightful and it would kind of go by itself I had no control over it and they got so strong it just led to this very dramatic spiritual awakening
0: what does that mean what do you mean by that
1: I mean being in a very very different consciousness that's now it wasn't like a clairvoyant experience but it was literally being in another state but this state didn't really exactly leave it it just changed my perspective on life altogether. Huh. But I still didn't have a name for it. I still didn't understand what was going, but I knew it was profound, and I knew it was good, and it was giving me insights into things. And then when they said, "Oh, you had a metaphysical awakening," I, I couldn't get enough of it, and I was, uh, you know, just delve. But I didn't delve into groups yet. Something said, "Stay away." And then, interestingly enough, one time at. Uh, an old girlfriend said, Oh, I know you're interested in this stuff. And you know, there's this woman, she's going to do a, a meditation when I hadn't even done meditation yet at a dinner. Would you like to come? And at first? I was going to say, no, I don't. But then some said, go. And right. it was Barbara. And she did this meditation. It was like opening this ancient door again. And afterwards I had a lot on my mind, so I guess I was pouring questions out, trying to put all together. I thought we were having a nice conversation. She says I was interrogating her, but I realized as I was talking to her, oh my God, she's, she was so understated, you know, just very most matter of fact that I realized, oh, she's talking from her own experiences. It's mm-hmm. so not something she read in a book, you know, and then when right. she's talking about the heaven worlds and her experiences, there, I said, okay, I think I found the one I need to study. With.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: And we jumped right in, but we also realized soon we both liked to write. So we got involved with that. And then there was something else. It was more than just a student. I was meant to help the mission. And, you know, it, st- it took a little while, but then after a while I said, look, gotta, we got to, we got to organize all this. At that point, Barbara had no books, nothing. You know, it was just all this library of notes and we started to organize into what became the institute. But then I didn't realize, oh, she's training me now to be a teacher myself and develop these inner these inner gifts. I, I was happy being a student up to that point. And then that started a whole different trajectory. So I tell people, you know, it is true. Follow your bliss because mm-hmm. it may not be the end of the road wherever you go. But it's taking you to the next spot. If I never went to L.A., if I never followed the film career, even though that wasn't my, my end up right. destiny, I, I wouldn't have been where I am today. So, so you really do have. And it was a chance. I mean, I could have had a very cozy life in Chicago where my family was. But no, something said you got to go on this adventure. Right. So sometimes you got to break the mold and follow where you need to be. Again, I could have easily still had a career in film. And still follow the metaphysical. But it also, in my case, was to actually be a metaphysician.
0: Right. But yeah. I always say those the your intuition, that voice in your head that t- is telling you to go there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And how many
0: people ignore that and just sit there because it's, the fear stops them or they
1: exactly. don't know the unknown
0: yeah. or all those things.
1: Or the intellect yeah. says, well, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, whatever. You know, that's not. You know, why would you take a chance on this? You know, right. but if you look, even those that are successful in the material, they're chance takers right they're willing to risk it all you know you don't climb a big mountain without taking some risk
0: (laughs) no exactly there are so many milk alternatives these days when i go to get coffee i am amazed at the choices that i have i also make smoothies for my girls and richard every morning so our choice of a milk alternative is on the top of our shopping list Once we discovered Willa's Kitchen Oat Milk, our coffee and smoothies took on a whole new meaning and taste. Willa's Oat Milk is made with the entire oat, which gives it a rich, smooth taste and maintains all the oats protein and prebiotic fiber and makes Willa's a zero food waste. The biggest shocker I found when doing my deep dive on Willa's Oat Milk was that regular oat milk is made with the oat sugar, and the best parts of the oat are filtered out. That results in an oat milk with a super sweet taste without all of the benefits of the oats. The cool thing about their story is Willa's was founded by two sisters who were tired of plant-based milks that were mostly artificially highly processed ingredients and loads of sugar rather than actual plants. It is their Grandma Willa's recipe that used real organic ingredients to create a deliciously smooth oat milk that they wanted to bring to the world. As they started their entrepreneurial journey, they kept learning more and more about the way plant-based milks are normally made. Heavy processing, loads of food waste, and lots of funny business including ingredients like rapeseed oil and canola oil that they didn't want to be drinking or feeding their kids every day. And it's not just a healthier, more sustainable oat milk. It's super tasty. That's why Willis has been highlighted in Bon Appetit, not just once, but three times. Find Willis oat milk at williskitchen.com. That's W-I-L-L-A-S-K-I-T-C-H-E-N. And use the promo code MAGIC to get 20% off and support this show. That promo code again is MAGIC to get 20% off. So you go through, you meet Barbara, you feel like this is, we're connected for a reason. Let's, I'm going to, you know, we're going to start this program or this institute and you're going to start teaching. And you started with the book, with the Aura book, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life.
1: Right, right. Because that's the foundation. And, uh, you know, Barbara had all these notes. She was trying to write the book for years, and she had just volumes of notes again. And I thought, oh, this book will write itself. But it wasn't so easy at first because it took a little while to realize, actually, it's it's not first a book about the aura. It's first a book about meditating with the aura.
0: Right.
1: Because in the book is this meditation technique Of working with the auric energies. And then once we realize it's really a meditation book, then yeah, then the book started to write itself. Everything kind of, that was the hook. And then we tell people that's what that book tells the world. What we do, we meditate with divine light. And it's different than doing, let's say, a mantra meditation or even an intentional meditation or a breathing meditation. It is more involved, there's more of an art form to it, but it offers so much. I've been doing this now almost 40 years. And it just keeps getting better and more profound and all of that. So so all of the classes, all the teachings, everything Barbara did and everything we do at the Institute, that meditation process is the foundation of all of it.
0: Right. You know, I've been interviewing people lately a lot in the last probably 20 episodes where they led where it led them to their spiritual journey is when they realized how important meditation was and when that became a daily practice. And it yeah. wasn't something that you know, oh, I don't have time for, they realized it wasn't even about that as now it's like this drug that's addicting and that's free, you know, that takes me to this place of, you know, I always, we always talk about, you know, prayer is the asking God and listening to God is through meditation. And when I hear yours, the aura book, and I was reading that, listening to that on the audible and understanding the way you bring in the divine light and how you can change your auras and, you know, like looking the way that I learned from Dominic, it was, it's a different approach, but same like the layers and the chakras and, you know, the different, but to change your aura, like when you were saying, you know, people trying to find love, you know, putting pink, you know, do you describe the, I want to go through this little bit of aura just because my listeners have heard it before. So maybe this will give a different take on it.
1: Right. Well, let's say the love rate, that is a great place to start. The love rate could be used for so many things. If you're just feeling unloved yourself or you have low self-esteem or any of those things, but let's say you are looking maybe to attract somebody or get involved. You know, there's nothing more attractive than love. The, right. the, it's you your, as Barbara would say, you're, when you're looking for somebody else, the first thing you should look for is compatibility. The, the energies have to work together or it's not going to be any type of lasting relationship, but If you don't have the energy of love in you, how can you bring it out? How can you express it out? So let's say maybe you don't have as much as you would like. So, what you can do is you can bring in the, the deep rose pink. It's a ray of spiritual love. Now, this is, again, not human. This is divine love. This is the unconditional love. And you bring it into your auric field. It kind of infuses your consciousness with more love. But you still have to go out there and be loving. You still have to go out there and there was a doctor in one of the classes once, and he was very frank. He said, uh, "You know, we have like goals and objectives that you do in the courses, and so you know, my, I think my goal is, you know, I, I don't show enough attention to my patients. It's kind of like in and out and next mm-hmm. one, you know, I I'm not, I not. So you need to show more compassion. These are people. These aren't petri dishes, you right. know. And so he he realized that he brought in the deep rose pink, and then he did it. He actually went out and took time to spend. You know, he didn't rush with his patients so much. And he said, boy, not only are they seeing me in a whole different light now, but my practice has gotten even fuller. So right. it just blossomed everything because if it's not in your aura, it can't show up in your life. You know, right. being in L.A. for so many years and people wanting to be, you know, actors and writers and this and that and say, gee, can I make it? Can I be successful? And, you know, sometimes Barb would look at the aura and say, well, you've got to build more of the creative power. It's not strong enough yet. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're seeing things that are not in your life, it, it doesn't mean you can't make it happen. But you got to generate the power first, and then the divine law is: if it's in your aura, it will show up in your life. If if nothing has disturbed the energy,
0: right? So if when Barbara sees somebody, like I was listening to something there, like even with you with piano, there's something in your aura that's you know she sees this talent. Right. Yes, you need to pursue that. And that's in you or her brothers were really successful as actors and right. she looked at their aura and wanted to kind of push them to
1: like. Well, proceed. Interesting. Her, her oldest brother, Philip was a, a literally a world-class opera singer and the mother recognized that early and helped him along. But she said, as I was watching him in his formative years, You could see the talent, but it kept getting stronger and stronger. And at one point, she just said in her own mind, oh, boy, he's going to start his career soon. And he did. You know, we go to school to build our our skills, but we don't also realize we're we're building the actual power so that when we go out into life, we can really make it happen.
0: Right. Yes. When you talk about, like, we come here with a divine plan or. What What is the word that you use? I wrote it down. Purpose
1: and potential.
0: Yes. Purpose and potential is your divine plan. Everyone has that.
1: Yeah. Well, we all have, it's actually called, it's interesting. Uh, we we have a, another book, Carmen Reincarnation. And in that book, we talk about how before any of us are, well, first of all, we incarnate in this life, right? We We had a life before we're here on this planet. This planet is like a school. We come here to learn, to grow, to evolve. We're not here forever. There's going to be an exit plan for us, you know, as there was an entry plan. But before we start the whole journey, we're actually shown what's called this tapestry of life. And it has key elements that are in our design of our upcoming incarnation. Now, it's not fate. It's not like, oh, it's going to happen no matter what. It's a design. It's like a blueprint. Well, someone has to build the house, the blueprint can be there. So we have to weave the tapestry in our life and key people in our life, key things that are meant to happen and are, are there. And two of the big ones, we differentiate what we call purpose and potential. So purpose is how you serve in the plan, the things you do with other people. You know, if you have to build a cathedral together, well, who's going to be the stained glass maker, who's going to be the mason, who's going to do the door, you know, everyone has to play a part. And that's sort of like our purpose. Potential is a little something different. We're all climbing the spiritual ladder, we're all evolving our soul. And we all have a potential of how much of that bloom, that soul can we bloom in this incarnation. And we call that the potential. So you want to do everything. You know, we say there's no delight so sweet, no No wine. No, go to a hundred places before you die. There's nothing more satisfying in life than knowing you have fulfilled your purpose and completed your potential. And when the divine is guiding you and supporting you, it's always trying to steer you in that direction. You know, we don't go to the higher to ask for the winning races at the racetrack. You know the way. Right. Go to the higher to ask. Well, how can I fulfill? How can I serve more? today and that gives a lot of sense of purpose even if you don't know what's around every corner so if you're feeling like lost or disconnected the presence of what you're meant to do is there but somehow you either let life get a little bit discouraging or something distracted your attention and kind of like the Tao you've got to return back to the natural rhythm of life right and then things will unfold and in, in their time the other thing you have to remember is Things don't always unfold in our time, but they do unfold in in God's time. Yes. Sometimes we want to say, no, it's got to happen today, you know, but you don't tell the rose, bloom today, you know, Right. you give it the water, you give it the air, and it will bloom in its time. So there are seasons in our life when things are meant to happen. And if we simply kind of move with the flow of life, but still do all the things we need to pursue, then life will unfold and and let the surprises happen. You know, we want those surprises. Yeah,
0: I think everything's perfect. Even I try to teach my clients, like if there's a, what do you call trauma or look at what that taught you? Like you are sure. going to look down the road and think, thank you God for that experience. Cause it's all perfect. But when you say we're here to live out our full potential, that means you want to live your full potential because the way we leave here in our death of this body, our soul continues on that same trajectory. We're continuing climbing the mountain.
1: Right. There's a saying, you want to leave this earth better than the way you found it. Well, you also want to leave this earth at a higher level of consciousness than when you started. Right. So there is an evolution that's going on right now. And this latest book, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution, that talks about Barbara's experiences on the other side. But the other side isn't just for the time when we die. We're connected to that greater life right this minute. And that other side, it has these many levels it's tiered. So, we're vibrating at a certain energy level all right now, and we're meant to increase it. Now, we're all growing at our own pace, but, and I'm sure many of your listeners and viewers, if you've had the spiritual calling, it means you are supposed to take that yoke of light. You are supposed to put your hands to the plow and not look back and take what they call sort of the accelerated path, where you're putting more time and attention to living the higher life. You have to, walk the talk. But if you're aware of it more, you can hopefully do a better job of that.
0: Right. This whole time in our life, 2020, 2022. Now I've seen such a, an evolution. I've seen this. I mean, I've been more, my growth is expense. I mean, I used to think, Oh, I'm, I'm so spiritual. I'm, you know, every day meditating and now it's like, Whoa. And I know that this podcast and meeting people like you has made it go even further. But when you look at this time and you see, you know, I've had the age of Aquarius and, you know, all the different people talking about where we're going. You Give me your take on that.
1: Well, I'm glad you're asking that. You know, we started a series called The Compassionate Earth because a lot of people think, oh, we're, you know, gloom and doom. The world's at the end. The sky is falling. We're all going to destroy ourselves. And we do see terrible things happening in the world. But that's not how the higher sees it. The right. hierarchy of things is getting better, not worse. So we have to be careful. If you look at the last 100 years, just the quality of living of humanity on Earth, it has dramatically increased from where it was. Right. How many people lived in poverty, abject poverty, 100 years ago compared to today? No, it's still not where it needs to be. I'm not saying we're living in a perfect world. But the last 150, 200 years has been seismic and that's part of this preparation for yes a spiritual renaissance now you know for you, for you and i to talk like this even you know 20 30 years ago would have maybe 40 years ago it would have been unheard of
0: right
1: and to learn these things you'd have to have been in an ashram or a mystery school you'd have to be in one of these special places so the fact that so many people are interested and it's not coming from just one part of the world or one person means there is this flowering of consciousness. And that's not accidental. That's part of the evolution of of humanity. And yes, we are heading, we call it sort of the new day. There is a new era starting. We're not there yet. It's not happened yet, but we're moving in that direction. And there may be some setbacks before we get there, but we're moving in that direction. And right now it's more important than ever to stay close to your spiritual nature. As Barbara would say, there's never been a better time to grow spiritually than today.
0: Right. And do you look at it like I was talking to somebody that it's almost like we won the lottery because we chose to come here at this time? Like, there's these people that we chose to come here right now. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Our souls decided to come.
1: We earned it. We We earned it. Ah. It didn't just happen. You know, we don't realize we all have a rich spiritual heritage. And I would bet, you know, not knowing your past lives, but I would bet that this is not your first foray in metaphysics. So however you started your life, whatever triggered something clicked in. And then it's almost like a memory. Oh, I'm picking up where I live. Yes, totally. I'm picking it. And that's why things seem to not only be absorbed quickly, but almost the familiarity, you know, like something. Oh, yeah, I get this. I know this, you know. So that's connecting those dots because now there's this major energetic shift that's happening and we have to kind of be in that tide. And even if there's some rough days that come up, we can ride those days because overall the arc is moving, you know, in this beautiful upward trajectory. And we are the generations that help lay the foundation for others to come to build this as others before us did the same. I mean, Barbara's generation, they called it the greatest, genera- the greatest generation, right? I mean, they saved the world. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they also, you know, laid the foundation for right. what we're, we're doing now and hopefully we'll leave a good foundation for the generations after us and it will keep building. But the thing is live close to your spiritual nature. Now live your best self. Don't worry about what other people are doing so much, or if they are living and not living it. And even in your own family, you know, there may be even family members that say, what are you doing? This stuff sounds crazy to me. Just be true to yourself. You know, in the yes. old, in the, in the days when Barbara was teaching before I met her, she said the single biggest reason people would leave the work back then was at the insistence of a spouse. Mm-hmm. So one had the awakening, the other did not. It was almost like a jealousy. What are you getting involved with that for? You know, And you have to be true to you, and you continue to love those that are close to you, but be true to you. The good news is more are waking up together. I see a lot of couples now that are walking the path together, and yes, yeah, some are still a little bit, you know, I'm the only one doing this kind of a thing. And hopefully we can build better community in the days ahead to support each other. Right. That was you the know, Of the mystery schools, you were living with others who were on the same road as you. <laughs> right.
0: That's why I'm so excited about finding you and you're in, your, in yeah. Encinitas. But, yeah. you know, with even with Richard and I, you know, I, you know, we're both on our own individual journeys, you know, but I really believe that and I'm raising two girls when old. you raise your vibration, how old you,
1: are they, if I may ask? Uh,
0: one's going to be turning 16 and the other one's 13.
1: Oh, wow. Very, very formative years, times. Oh, yes. Interesting ask- enough, 16.
0: I know. I know what you're going to say because I've you done are, my research. Yeah. But tell <laughs> me. Well, you really me.
1: have done your research. <laughs> yeah. Again, energetically, I'm not saying necessarily emotional maturity, but energetically, you are an adult at 16. Because you have the fully engaged auric field then, which means you are now fully karmically responsible for your own actions. Now, up to that point, yes, the parent does carry some of that karmic burden because the child is still developing. But at 16 onwards, so this is a very, you know, it's more than just sweet 16. This is a very important time. So hopefully the decisions she's making now are really going to help her because she gets on the right road now at 16 it's going to be enormously helpful as she gets older, you know? Yes.
0: Oh, I could cry when you talk about that. Cause she is, yeah. and you know, I've been so intentional with her parenting her as an older parent, you know, having kids, I had her when I was 37 and I had all these, I was on my journey <laughs> right, right. and, but I knew I wanted to teach her this stuff. So by the time now she's, I never thought I'd have a 16 year old, but now it's like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, I see the fruit of my labor. You know, and there I, you go. But when I heard you talk about the auras and like at seven, because we know like our limiting beliefs are, you know, programmed up until seven and, you know, pretty much there you go. <laughs> have fun yeah. fixing those in your life.
1: <laughs> is that a scary thought that, the, you know, Barbie used to say, give me the first seven years of a person's life. You can have the rest. Right. You're right. The patterns get set and the aura gets set. Right. Now, Of course, you can change past that point, but it's effort. So, yes, what you help, how you help that child in the first seven years. And, of course, the energy, remember, there's a full soul that comes in that little body. So they come in with their own inclinations. And then, yeah, you as a parent have a big role. You know, some keep asking things like, oh, what's my purpose? Look, you rate, and a lot of them have raised kids, says, look, you've already completed a chunk. One of the best jobs you'll ever have on earth is to be a parent. Yes. Because what are you doing? You are helping to usher another soul on earth so that they can fulfill their purpose.
0: Right. I love your, Anna, when you described about like um, when the parents get together and, and make a baby, but they went to the other plane, like the dream state to talk oh to the goodness. soul. Oh, talking- yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, wow. Okay. So actually we're going to do a workshop on on sleep in the world of spirit in the fall. So people don't realize they think, oh, you know, I hear people having out of body experiences and some say they're in this. Very heavenly place. I wish I could have something like that happen to me. Right. Well you don't realize everyone on earth periodically is taken to the inner worlds for renewal and refreshing. And almost often happens while we sleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of my what happened after starting to work with Barbara, one of my experience first experience was that coming back the next morning and remembering, you know, being in this majestic place. And so how do you know you weren't dreaming? Well you know when you remember something that you did in the day and when you dreamt something, it doesn't feel like it's not the same thing. A right. memory is very different from a dream. I know when you're dreaming it, it can be real. But then when you wake up, you know, I was just a dream. The mm-hmm. so memory is very different. So one of the things that does happen, like you say, yes, when a couple is getting ready to conceive a child, there's a karmic thing. Because remember, there's no such thing as a purely biological pregnancy because it's a soul coming into that baby's body. So the divine has to be involved if the pregnancy is to carry, if it's to, if it's to happen. So that means there has to be a coordination. And yes, you know your children. You've met them in other, you know, their other lives. You've known your parents. So what happens is you're taken to the other side. The parents are going to be taken to the other side. And yeah, they literally meet the soul that's going to be their daughter or son. And there's an agreement. And then afterwards, shortly after, that's when the physical conception. So the decision happens before the actual conception happens. And then once a conception, it starts this amazing process of preparing this soul that was in a whole different world in life to now become the little baby and whatever they're gonna be. And Barbara did share once that when she was still you know single and she was, her children came to her. The souls huh. came there and said, we want you to be our parents. Oh, my <laughs> I gosh. Mean, to be, yeah, so she knew it ahead of time. <laughs> that huh. was, now, that's pretty rare. But I even remember when, uh, I mean, I don't have children myself, but my brother, but while he was uh, engaged, we had lunch one time and Barbara was there. And she just casually said, oh, my gosh, I see two souls that want to come through you and maybe a third. And when they got married, they had two kids right away and then one kind of a little bit later. So, uh-huh. again, it was already in the in the ethers. So, so yeah, it's a very sacred and beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. But how do you describe old souls and that kind of thing? Are, are we old souls because we're interested in metaphysics and we're like, um, I'm more interested, like I'm with you right now. And someone that yeah. I know at school that I'm going to see in a few hours, they're reading, you know, like nothing about the spiritual well,
1: journey. We, yeah, but we have to be careful there. There's some people that are living a more spiritual life, but don't use the word spiritual Right. than those that are, oh, I'm very spiritual. But, you know, the only expression of going to church on Sunday and cheating their partners on Monday. Right. Right. So there's <laughs> the facsimile. But also, so we all have the spark of life that is our soul. It's all equally precious. We're all equal in the eyes of the divine. We're all essential to the fact. But we're not all in the same evolutionary status. We're all growing at our own pace. And so there's souls that are have had, let's say, more incarnations, more experiences. So those are older souls in the sense that they have experienced more, they've developed further. And they're supposed to help those that maybe are not as far along. There's that beautiful quote: never compare yourself to other people. You'll always be vain or bitter. Cause there'll always be people that are further along the road than you. And there'll always be people that are not as far along the road as you. Right. So it's not a race with other people. And unfortunately, sometimes this happens in the classes, you know, someone will come in and say, Oh my God, I saw this light. I saw the blue white fire. And the other person says, I saw nothing. I guess I'm not doing so good. And that doesn't mean anything there, but we all are in our own journey.
0: Right.
1: So it's not a race with other people, but I don't even want to say it's a race with ourselves but you do want to make sure you're making every minute count. Barbara used to quote that line from uh, the poem "If" by Rudyard Kipling: "If mm-hmm. you can fill the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it."
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, so you just want to make best use of the time that you have here,
0: right? As many of you know who follow me on social media or know me personally. You know, I am a dog lover and have had two Golden Retrievers most of my adult life. Today, I have two Golden Retrievers, a seven-year-old Harley and Hercules, who is two. We all know how short our doggies' lives are, and losing one feels like almost losing a child. Well, that's if you treat them like they are your kids, which I do, and why I try to feed my dogs the healthiest food on the planet to assure them a long, Life as possible with no regrets on my end because I feed them the best quality of food, which is why I feed my dogs Sundays for dogs. Every dog deserves tasty, healthy, real food, not kibble. Sundays is real food for dogs formulated by a vet with only the highest quality fresh meat, veggies, fruit. And superfoods, then air dried to perfection. Made in the USA at a USDA human food facility. Some of the benefits are more energy, which is so evident in Harley, who is almost eight. And after eating Sundays for dogs, he can't wait for our five mile run every morning, and he doesn't even hold me back. Their coat is softer, I don't have to worry about their weight, and they are so excited to eat. And that is an understatement. So if you want to see your dogs live a long and healthy life and love their food and know in your heart, it's real raw, whole food ingredients, then click on the link in the show notes and receive 35% off with your first order. When you use the promo code magic or go to sundaysfordogs.com forward slash magic and get your offer there. I know all of my dog lovers will jump on this offer. So don't you wait. We're all one. We're all God. Explain God, because I was listening to something. Oh
1: my gosh. How <laughs> much time do we have? <laughs> well, we know people like, like <laughs> so my
0: girls go to a Christian school okay, and they were raised, you know, I'll say things that I believe and They're like, mom, I didn't learn. That's not what we were taught at school. And I'm, it, it's Whatever. I mean, I'm all about, I'm not, there's no judgment. I love to talk about that stuff, but I, you know, I, I believe that we're living in, you know, heaven and, you know, they don't see that. So we have a lot of conversations around that because of the way they were in school, but, you know, with God, people just have that different interpretation. And I love for you to share that.
1: So the metaphysical perspective on God. Sure. That's a massive topic.
0: It is? Okay. Uh, then
1: only in the sense that you could say in the world today, there's a lot of redefining or re-understanding of God, right? Because there's been often a very structured understanding of what God is. And of course, when we're talking about the infinite, human understanding will always be imperfect. And there's no institution that can say, hey, I've got the handle on what God's all about. Because you're talking about the creator of all that is as ever will be, you know? So the key is we are these infinite sparks of life, meaning your soul, my soul has always existed and always will. Now it may not always exist in human form, but it will always exist. When it came time to have the human experience, Long before we began any incarnation, we were born of God in this human experience. We were born in this highest celestial kingdom, but we were like infants. We were, you you know, we were babies, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. And God said, for you to learn and grow, you need to go out into creation. So God planted us in the garden of creation, not because we were bad or evil or anything like that. But we had to learn. We had to learn in in the experience of life. And the whole evolutionary process is to get back to that divine source from where we came, but not as infants, as fully matured humans, co-creative, participating in the, the spiritual processes of life. So we're trying, you know, in metaphysics, we talk about enlightenment. Enlightenment is the experience of the God within. We live by God by faith now. We say, I'd be willing to die for God. I'll be do anything for God. We're doing that as an act of faith, an act of the sensing. I know God is. But not saying like Yogananda would say, seeing God face to face while in the physical body. Mm -hmm. But through the process of enlightenment, you do have that awakening. And now you know God is. One of my own early experiences of being on the other side Was, yes, being in this beautiful environment, you know, very idyllic, rolling hills and buildings and things like that. But that wasn't what was so startling. It was the godly presence. It was everywhere. It was in the atmosphere. You didn't question if God existed. Now, when I came back, of course, I was in a high for days after that experience, just being there. But also, I realized later, oh, they were teaching me something. Mm -hmm. They were saying you have to bring that vibration, that godly vibration that you experience in that realm. You need to bring it where you are right now, here in your physical life. We got to build, you know, heaven isn't just a place. It's a state of consciousness. Right. As we say in chapter one of the, of the book, you don't go to heaven. You grow.
0: Grow, yes.
1: So you got to make, once you of that heavenly vibration here, mm-hmm. then yeah then you, it will correspond to that level there. And we'll all eventually get there. Maybe not all in this life, but it takes many lifetimes, just like you could have the best grade in first, second grade, but it doesn't mean you're ready for your PhD yet, right? You, you still have to go through all the grades of learning, all the evolution. There are many spiritual dimensions of life that lead into heaven. And in the Heaven, Your Spiritual Evolution book, we found this great. I don't know if you've ever been to Quest Haven here in the... No,
0: city. I haven't.
1: Oh, it's worth going there. It's oh, a good. Flower, flower Newhouse. She was a Christian mystic and he worked there for years. He's an artist and he did the illustrations for us. And we tried to show the stages. As mm-hmm. you go through the astral, the mental, the causal, the etheric, and eventually the heavenly. And each stage, you're unfolding some facet of your mystical nature. You're trying to awaken this inner mystical life and bring it to full bloom.
0: Right. You talk about the astral plane and the, but that's where we, like we've been, we go there in our dreams, the astral plane. That's how close it is to us.
1: Well, not every night necessarily, but during our sleep, we can be taken there. The astral worlds are literally, when we finish this life, that's the first place we're going, the astral worlds. And yeah, there are realms that are so earth-like. People who don't think about these things and do cross over, they don't think they've died. Because right. oh, I'm seeing you, you look fine to me. I see me. I look, everything seems normal. And then when they realize they're not where they think they are, that's when they do go into shock. You know, that's often why when you hear stories about when people died, loved ones are there. A big reason loved ones are there is so that they don't go into shock, you know. It's oh. okay uh-huh. that you've passed on, you know. Look, right. I'm doing okay. I've been here a lot longer than you. I'm your I was your grandpa on earth, you know, or whatever. So it helps you to feel, oh, okay. I can settle down. It's okay that this happened to me and that I can make the transition. So studying the other side is helpful here because when it is our time to cross over, it is a smoother, smoother. It's all, it's like, again, as Barbara said, it's like going from one country to another. It's really, we have made transition such a thing to fear and dread. Oh, I'm dying. I love Woody Allen's line. You know, I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, it really is natural. We've done it many times. You look at the animals, they they seem to handle it pretty well, you know, and we just get fearful of it because it feels like this giant unknown, but it's right. very much a continuation of here. You're not suddenly a great saint when you cross over, you know, or whatever, but you do go to the level that you've earned the right to be at. So going back to the aura, the aura, in addition to reflecting everything that's going on in your life, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions... It's the fuel of your spiritual ascent. So the more power you build in your auric field, the higher in consciousness you can climb. So mm. the most, again, I'm quoting a lot Barbara today, but one of her most strongest quotes is your passport to eternity is the light you earn. It's more important than anything. So you, don't, you won't take your fame, your fortune, your good looks to the other side, but you will take your light. Yes. And that's the part that you have to be able to be connected. Yeah, I
0: love that. When you talk about angels and guides and I know they're not God and you talk about the hierarchy, hierarchy of help.
1: Yes. Oh, wow. That's another giant area. We can end
0: there. Just so yeah, we can yeah, shorten yeah. it up. We have a few minutes. But if you yeah, could yeah. end on that, would that be?
1: Well, you know, writing the new book was an interesting challenge because when you were doing the heaven, the aura book, you just focused on the aura. We write on karma, we wrote there, and healing there. And yes, we wrote a book on the angels. So it's kind of segmented. But we're talking about evolution. You have to pull all these things together, the aura, reincarnation, and the spiritual hierarchy because we're not figuring this out on our own. We have guidance. So the angels, the archangels, they are helping us in our evolution. And they're as much a part of nature as the flowers and the trees. There's a beautiful line in the Talmud that says, for every blade of grass, there's an angel bending over saying grow.
0: Yeah.
1: So we have that beautiful connect. They're not just, you know, nice Hallmark cards, you know. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) I'm very much into numbers and angels and archangels. And I've had a lot of people on the podcast with those gifts, but when you the way you talk about it is different. And I don't know why I'm saying it's different, but I feel like you talk about, you know, there's a process of connecting.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you give people there a uh, little process before we end? And then we'll. Yes.
1: Yes. So it's one thing if we're communicating with a person on the, from the other side, You know, if let's say a relative comes around you, your favorite grandmother or whatever that is not around. But when you're communicating with things like the angels and archangels, they're not human. They can appear human-like, but they can't interact with us the same way we interact with each other. So what they teach us is, look, we'll do three quarters of the work. We'll step down our vibration to meet you. But you have to do your part. You have to step up your vibration to meet us and in the aura, as, as you know, I'm sure from your done such a good job studying, there's a chakra point about two feet above the head, and that chakra point is your higher nature, and that's your link to the holy ones. You connect with them through there. So you have to, when Moses went before the divine in the form of the burning bush, first thing the whole divine said, take your shoes off, the ground on which you stand is holy. We cannot approach them with all our baggage, so to speak, you know, we have to let all of it go and go to them for the sheer pleasure of being one with them. And then what needs to come through will come through. Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh, Dimitri, you've been a blessing to be on the show. I mean, I could, I could keep going. I know I bring big subjects, (laughs) but. Yeah, no,
1: well you're a deep thinker and also extremely well-researched. So that's excellent.
0: Oh, but so people can find you at the spiritual arts Institute.
1: Right, spiritualarts.org, spiritualarts.org. And again, we are right here in Encinitas, and we do have classes online. We are doing, I'm so glad you talked so much about the aura. We have a course coming up on Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, the book, where you get to learn the actual meditation technique.
0: Yes, I love, I don't know if auras are all of a sudden in my life so much because of (laughs) this, you know, meeting people. But when you understand the power of that and understanding the meditation that you teach on people that's a tool and that they need to put in oh, their toolbox
1: it's the foundation of everything yes. meditation and working with the your is the foundation of your whole growth process right yeah, absolutely oh. yeah so it's not a little thing it's it's the cornerstone of metaphysics your field yeah
0: yeah i yeah. love it thank you so yeah. much dimitri thank you for listening to the uncover your magic podcast today